0: Are you interested in Cracking the Customer Code?
1: You've got customers, and we will help you work with them to deliver a great experience to grow your business.
0: I'm Jeannie Walters.
1: And I'm Adam Teporek.
0: Join us as we learn from those business leaders who get it. And a
1: few who don't.
0: And together, we'll Crack the Customer Code.
1: Welcome to Episode 29 of Crack the Customer Code.
0: Today, we have a special episode where I recorded live at the Customer Experience Professionals Association's Insight Exchange in San Diego in May.
1: And you talk to a lot of impressive people about what they think of the future and what is holding us all back. That's right. So for
0: this episode, we thought we'd share some of the great insights we gathered from leaders and customer experience. We're going off book, as they say in the biz, Adam.
1: And speaking of books, Jeannie, my new book, Be Your Customer's Hero, Real World Tips and Techniques for the Service Front Lines," is out and it is catching on. With over 25 star reviews in the first month and ranked as an Amazon number one new release in the customer relations category, Be Your Customers Hero is a one-stop training guide for anyone who works with customers. To learn more, go to beyourcustomershero.com. That is beyourcustomershero.com.
0: And if you're trying to reach business leaders or CX professionals, sponsoring our podcast is a great way to do so. Go to crackthecustomercode.com slash sponsor for full details. So, Adam, I'm so excited to share the insights from the people I got to interview at the CXPA event. But first, I want to ask you, Adam, what do you think is the future of customer experience?
1: I think I left my magic eight ball (laughs) in the other room. So we're going to have a challenge here. The future of customer experience to me, I, I mean, obviously, that's a very big question. Mm-hmm. I would say more than anything is that it will become more central to large organizations. The idea of customer experience, the idea of omnichannel, putting all the parts together of a customer journey that transcends departments. To me, that's the future, that more and more companies, especially bigger organizations where they have these challenges more, are going to catch on that. You know, The customer does not just go to the customer service department, doesn't just go to the online you know, shop. Mm-hmm. They do all of these things, and you have to look at the entire journey. So that's my prediction.
0: Yeah, that's a good one. And I, w- I would piggyback onto that, that I think we're going to have a much better understanding of what omnichannel really means. And so instead of just looking at, okay, this is what happens in the digital world, and this is what happens when they're in the store, and this is what happens when they go to the branch of the bank we're going to see that they're actually on their mobile phone (laughs) using the app in the store. And what does that mean? And how do all these things intersect in a way where we can help predict what the customer will need? I think that's going to be what separates the winners from the losers. Those, those organizations that can really figure it out. I like that. Very cool. So I've got another question for you, Adam.
1: What is that, Jeannie?
0: We've been talking about customer experience and customer service and, Customer centricity and all these great things for quite a while now. And everybody kind of agrees it's important. So, why do you think so many companies are still getting it so wrong?
1: Well, I would say to tie to my first answer, it is the idea of a journey that spans multiple departments within an organization or multiple functional areas. And all of those areas are not always incentivized to maximize the customer experience as a whole. Mm -hmm. They're incentivized to maximize the results within their department or their, you know, whatever, their silo to use the word. Okay, and I think the skewed incentives is what is really the biggest challenge. I mean, people's bonuses, structural issues as far as communication, all of those, you know, sort of silo issues we've been talking about for years, that's what's holding us back because those things are very big and very entrenched and it's very hard to overcome somebody's self-interest as an executive mm-hmm. running a department and to get them to sort of sacrifice themselves on their sword for the greater good of the customer experience.
0: Right. No, I totally agree with that. I think that the structure of organizations is still set up for what you know everybody held as like the standard of IBM in the 60s. <laughs> and right. it's not that anymore. And I, when I first got into consulting, I remember somebody saying to me, that expression of nobody ever got fired for hiring IBM. Have you heard that? Oh, yeah, um, of course. And I think that idea of what's always worked will continue to work holds a lot of organizations back because they don't realize that actually, if you're not delivering, you will get fired now. If you are not serving the customer uh, long term, then your short-term results will be very (laughs) short-term and they won't (laughs) last. And so I think it is about like, we have to look at the way we do business in a totally different way. And that's really, that's challenging, but I'm, I'm so glad to get your insights because this is exactly what I did in San Diego with my fellow customer experience professionals at the CXPA insight exchange. I went around and asked some really great people who I admire and respect what they thought about the future of customer experience and why they thought certain companies couldn't quite get there yet.
1: All right. So who's your first one?
0: Leslie Likens, who is the director of member engagement with the CXPA and does a great
2: job. She has a lot to say about the industry. I continue to see customer experience grow and not only within the association and the people that we have come in who are new to customer experience, new to the discipline. Um but I even see it in my hometown. I see the care and the concern for the customer and the understanding that that the companies do need to grow and to understand what a customer goes through, how to engage their employees and all of the things that make up the core competencies behind customer experience. So why do you think so many organizations are still not getting it and they're getting customer experience so wrong? Um, I think it's hard. I think it's challenging. I don't think it's something easy, um, and I think that it takes passionate people, and not everybody um, is going to have that passion when they come into a company, and it's hard to motivate and uh, get people to think of others sometimes, so it's a hard thing to do. Um, everybody knows it's the right thing to do, but it's going to take some time, and it's going to take those passionate people inspiring others to really get
1: it going. And I know you spoke to our old friend, Mohamed Latib, CCO at Periscope IQ.
3: I think what we're going to see in the future is an attempt on the part of many practitioners to begin to take disparate elements of customer experience and start uh, building a uh, fabric with all the different threads into an integrated, systemic revision of all of the disparate issues associated with custom experience today.
0: Why do you think after all this talk and all these innovations, so many organizations are still getting it so wrong?
3: I think for the same reasons that are uh, sort of the undercurrent of what I've said earlier, which is that uh, most folks are taking a tactical approach to this, Mm -hmm. and so there's always this uh, bits and pieces kind of uh, disposition to build customer experience systems, but they're not building systems. They're building little pockets, Mm -hmm. and one hand does not know what the other hand is doing, so we're going to see a complete revision towards a strategic orientation around customer experience. Mm So there's going to be an increasing effort to try and integrate.
1: Sounds like a revolution.
3: <laughs> yes, it's going to be quite a dramatic shift.
1: Also, Genie, I know you spoke with Parrish Arturi, Senior VP for Integrated Service at Fidelity Investments. So the future of customer experience is really thinking about
4: how all the channels uh, and alternatives that now consumers or businesses have access to, how those can fit together in an omni-channel fashion to create an experience that really helps them differentiate themselves and uh, meet the needs of, their, of the clients and consumers. So it's um, thinking about the evolution of technology, the intersection of the touch points, what your brand is, the product offerings that you have, and how you can bring those together seamlessly to really meet the best needs of the customers.
0: So why do you think so many organizations are not getting it right?
4: You know, I think there's a difference between aspiration and making it happen. So a lot of companies have aspirations and talk about being client-centered. But actually making that happen requires the commitment of executives. It requires the commitment of middle management as well as folks on the front line that serve them every day. And the organizational adoption and accountability is probably the biggest challenge. And the culture and the commitment to make that happen. So what where people get uh, caught up is typically in organizations, large and small, is that there are different silos, there's misalignment of expectations, and in some cases, incentives, that really creates a barrier to achieving the great customer experience that everybody aspires to get to.
1: And we also caught up with our friend, Tabitha Dunn. She is a VP of CX at Concur. Thanks for getting Tabitha back in here again.
0: So what do you think we should expect for the future of customer experience?
2: I think we should expect it to continue to evolve. And I think that it becomes more and more a part of how companies do business and that they think about the fact that customer experience is about driving change in their business, really being focused on what things most matter that we need to change, as well as being very effective and thoughtful about what the outcomes of those changes are and whether we got the expected changes in our customer experience. So it's all about change, change, and more change. (laughs) Why do you think so many companies are still getting it
0: so wrong?
2: I think it's because, you know, I think in some ways they don't recognize how to act, or maybe they'd get too focused. So, for example, you can often talk to people in customer experience and you'll find that they're saying, oh, well, I lead customer experience. But when you ask them, they're like, well, I really, I lead NPS or I lead the metrics program. And they're not really thinking about it as a full discipline. And maybe they haven't even educated the companies. So maybe people are doing pieces of customer experience, but they're not really thinking about customer experience as a key part of your strategy overall as a company. And then all the disciplines that layer under that, like how do you think about it from a design perspective? How do you think about it from the journey, from awareness, all the way to advocacy? How do you think about it as more than artifacts and numbers? It's much more about getting people to listen, learn from what they listen, get to root cause, and actually act on it. And I think that's where the challenges are for a lot of companies is they really only get so far and then they just sort of – stop at that point.
0: <laughs> They're just too exhausted. <laughs> They're exhausted. Maybe
2: maybe they just have no idea where to go from there.
0: That was awesome. Of course, I had to grab Bruce Temkin for this because he is a pioneer in the customer experience space and now leads the Temkin Group. He says the future is bright. Good news, right?
5: Well, the future is bright. Because customer experience is mediocre today. We all know and are building ROI cases that show that there's a really clear linkage between better customer experience, better loyalty, better financial results. So sooner or later, we're going to put all that together, and companies are going to be more actively supporting the types of things that the customer experience professionals in this room are doing. And so, I think we're going to continue to build on some of the practices that we've talked about today. But I also see us really adding to those practices, especially around new trends around like mobile and thinking about the customer journey first. So, I actually think it's going to be an exciting time to be a customer experience professional.
0: Awesome. That's good news for me. And and we've been talking about this for so long, and we keep talking about some of the same things over and over, personalization and getting to know your customer and kind of anticipating things. So why do you think so many organizations are simply not getting there? with their own customer experience.
5: Yeah, I, I think that we continue to be in a world where old management practices still exist, right? Mm-hmm. We have short-term views on profitability. And if you think about it, people think about customer experience as something that you have to invest now and in there's uncertain return. Mm-hmm. I think what we're starting to see is people be able to be clearer about the return. And and the more long-term view you have of your business, the easier it is to make that case, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty clear that any organization like a USAA that has a long-term view of their companies and their mission, the ROI and what they need to do is very, very clear. So I, I think what I see, at least what I see happening, is more and more executives starting to focus on things like culture, things like employee engagement, recognizing that there are big internal things that need to change to drive good customer experience. And when they start to recognize that and not to think about customer experience as a little program or a little change you do on the edge, when they start to recognize that and they start to dedicate themselves to creating a sustainably good Organization, we're going to see them more commit to the customer experience types of things that we all know need to happen, and I think it's going to pick up momentum.
0: I got really interesting answers from Barbie Fink, who is a principal customer experience transformation leader. What do you think are the expectations
6: for kind of customer experience in the future? It's really about that anticipatory um, statement, recognizing what is it that customers are going to need next. What is it that next would help them be most successful? Early, early, early in my career, I did technical support. And I loved engaging with customers then. And, and actually, customers really liked talking with me back then, too. And it sort of launched me into this whole career. But the thing that I did back then that I keep reflecting back on is anytime I would talk to a customer, it wasn't just about solving the problem that they had in hand at that point in time. It was about thinking about how they could be more successful going forward. And we always closed our conversations in that way. And I've really taken that really into all of my thinking about customer experience. Um, and so it completely resonated here to hear the conversations about anticipation, anticipating what customers' needs and desires will be in the future. And I think that very heavily ties into personalization and being able to look at customers for who they are in the space that they're in um, and be really specific about how to help them accomplish their goals.
0: I love that. And as long as we've been talking about this, there are still so many companies and organizations who just aren't getting it. What do you think are the barriers to that? Why can't some
6: companies just get it? It's not easy to get. I mean, <laughs> humans are completely complex. Yes. And so what is needed today may not be exactly the same thing that is needed for a customer's um, company business organization or what is needed for a company's um, sort of disciplines and what will help them be successful, it changes. And sometimes those changes happen really, really quickly. Um, I think also the way that we create objectives around what it is that we need to accomplish within large organizations um, doesn't necessarily always align. And there isn't always that thinking on how to tie all of those pieces together in ways that really help businesses focus on what are the things that really matter um, that also align with customers and what is it that really matters to them. I also talked to
0: Jennifer Maldonado, Senior Business Analyst at Activision, who oversees what they call the Voice of the Gamer program. She has a unique perspective about understanding customers.
7: The future is really understanding um, the experience at an individual level. Um, at Activision years ago, if you would ask, you know, who are our top customers, you might hear things like Walmart or Target. And it was really kind of, you know, the retailer mindset and not so much who's ultimately consuming and engaging with the products and services that we sell. Mm-hmm. So just the, the mindset of, of bringing it back to the human level and having it be about the end user customer experience, in our case, the, the gamer. Um, is where our feature is going. That's really cool. That's a really good insight too.
0: Why do you think so many organizations just aren't getting there?
7: Right, like they're they're not getting any better. You know, there's there's the, um, you know, what's the right word? The typical mistakes that are being remade over and over again. As much as we try to share best practices and lessons learned and everything else, but you know, one of the chief most is going and collecting a slew of feedback. Before you have a plan to action it and there's nothing worse than, you know, putting a bunch of questions in front of your customers and having them really think about the experience and give you thoughtful feedback and then just let them stew. In it and fester when you have you know detractors or dissatisfied customers to call back while you're in a you know analysis paralysis stage. So um, it's just I guess sitting on the data too is another one. And sometimes I find myself guilty of it. And I'm like, oh, why am I doing this? I need to socialize this, you know. But you just you're you're immersed in it so much that sometimes you can get you know tunnel vision and forget to be socializing that story um, around the organization as often as you need to. You can really you know never over. Communicate as much as we think we're doing, we're never doing enough. Mm-hmm.
1: And you also talked to Michelle Morris Freet, Associate Director of Client Experience at Crow Horwath. And I like what she said about seeing a big boom in tying customer feedback together with business intelligence.
8: In the next few years, I see a big boom in. Tying uh, client feedback, customer feedback with business intelligence. And uh, I think that there's going to be platforms that are going to explode where it will make it easy for people in the business to change things. So uh, ideally what ends up happening is that the experiences that get created out of those or after looking at that data would be amazing. And so I think the future of CX is really holds a lot in analytics.
0: We've been talking about customer experience for a long time now.
8: So why do you think so many companies are still missing the mark? So a couple things. Um, I think... A- my own experience would say it comes down to leadership um, leadership of organizations is what sing singly um, can make or break whether or not cx is important um, for a, co- a company so i would say if you kind of look underlying that and you say what are the underlying factors to why leadership is or isn't getting it it would have to do with probably they're not in enough pain and uh when your business starts to fail and or you lose you know, market share, wallet share, um, the pain can cause you to turn around. So, um, you know, not every leader is a visionary um, when you think about that. And I think the CX, the, the visionaries that have CX in their vision are the ones that are being successful. But those who aren't, maybe aren't relying necessarily on the leaders underneath them who do have that vision to be successful. So I would say that's probably it. And I
0: love the answers I got from Kim Proctor, Customer Experience Consultant, who shares why we might need a revolution. I have to say what I'm very excited about when I think about CX
9: and where it's going is I actually think this is the next big thing in business. I really believe wholeheartedly that this is the next wave and we're at the beginning of that wave and I'm very excited about being at the beginning of the wave. Mm -hmm. I love being (laughs) in things in the early stages. I've worked at multiple startups so I'm very excited to be a part of this because I really think that this is the next big thing and I can't wait to be a part of it growing.
0: Why, if we're understanding that customer experience is a priority, why are so many organizations still not getting it right?
9: I mean, it seems like business has not evolved, honestly, and the way that leaders are advanced and the way that we develop business strategy, everything from obviously the way that we're schooled and how we, how we learn over time just has not evolved. And truly, we are still living in a very old business model and a, an approach to defining business and its exploration of value in terms of what it offers its customers. And I feel like we really are going to have to have a revolution kind of. In, in thinking about what actually makes a business successful and how you actually define and build a successful business for today's world. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm so excited to be a part of this because it's, it's, it's some big stuff we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. It's like we kind of have to break some old models. It's kind of like how marketing has been old school for so long and we always kept teaching, you know, and they kept teaching in school, you know, the old model. The old model is gone. The customer mm-hmm. rules the day now. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have to change not just marketing, but we're actually going to have to change the way business
0: is truly operating. Great! you can tell there were a lot of great discussions there
1: adam there always are and if folks are interested in learning more about the cxpa they can check out all of the benefits of joining as an individual or as a corporate member at cxpa.org and you and i are
0: both involved members and i
1: think that says a lot no absolutely and thank you so much for covering the inside exchange for us jeannie i like having all these different voices in one episode it's very cool cool
0: thanks my pleasure and thanks for listening to this special episode of crack the customer code I'm Jeannie Walters, and you can find me at 360 connectcom
1: And I'm Adam Tepore. My website is customersthatsick.com. Find more episodes and all of the show notes at crackthecustomercode.com.
0: Please subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher so you'll never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, we'd love your comments and a review. Let us know what you like, what we could improve on, or who you would like us to invite as a guest.
1: And please tell someone you know. We love word of mouth. Until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers.